From Rocketium, this is Spilling the Magic Beans. In today's episode, our co-founder and CEO, Satej Sarur, spoke to John Biggs, who's the chief media buyer at DFO Global. And in this episode, John spills the beans on how to build creatives that convert. But more specifically, he spoke of the core components that go into a strong creative. And John also dives into the current trends in the content world and highlights the content that is currently performing really well. And finally, Satej and John discussed the technology that you can use to scale your creative processes. So without further ado, here's our conversation with John Biggs. Thank you all for joining for another episode of Spilling the Magic Beans. This time I have with me Jonathan Biggs. John, who is the Chief Media Buyer at DFO Global. John, extremely excited to talk to you. I know you are very excited about creative testing, the analytics behind it, and you have a lot to share. So over to you. Why don't you start with a quick introduction about you and what you do at DFO Global and what DFO Global does for its customers? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk about uh, creative and testing. I uh, kind of live, sleep, and breathe it every day. Um, I'm the chief media buyer, like you said, at DFO Global. Um, kind of like head up our media buying efforts, um, as well as kind of the agency arm of the business. Uh, Depot Global, like we own and operate our own brands, um, have a, a very large affiliate network um, that helps drive traffic to the, those offers, also third-party offers. And then on the uh, agency side, we work with uh, third-party clients and partner with them to help them scale up their businesses. Absolutely. And uh... You know, given you are working across so many brands and uh, customers uh, on the agency side, what role does creative play in customer acquisition for you? And do creatives play a role beyond customer acquisition in engagement or conversion, any of those kinds of things? I think a lot of creative and like copy copywriting, like kind of goes hand in hand and just okay. like kind of all goes back to like the marketing end of things and like how you're approaching it, like looking at where people are on the awareness uh, spectrum and how you want to approach to try and acquire customers depending on where they're at. Um, so, I mean, creative is probably the most important thing because it's the, you know, it's, <laughs> if I can't get your attention to talk to you, then uh, you can't really get a message across to anybody. So, um, you know, I always like the analogy that you're like kind of stopping people in the middle of the highway to try and sell them something on the side of the road. So, um, so yeah, it's like the most important thing that we look at, but um, in terms of like how we analyze and go about coming up with what we're going to test, um, you know, it's a lot about just trying to go and look at like who the avatar is that we're going after, trying to understand like what pain points, what words, what terminology they're using to really like get the messaging across to make it uh, resonate with them. Because like we basically want them to be saying in their head to themselves like, oh, yeah, that's me kind of just like not in their head like, oh, I get it um for some like that because you know job of our creatives is to get them to the landing page where we can sell them there so we okay. just kind of need to like pique their interest um when they're on the you know whatever platform it is mostly i focus with like facebook um we're exploring more with like TikTok, uh snap um but you know kind of the principles are still the same so when we go about like building these creatives, uh, we kind of like break them up into like concepts after we've mm -hmm. uh, decided like what messaging or whatever we want to test. So we kind of have slight variations within each of those concepts to test. And then kind of like holistically between that given test, you can kind of tell if that concept is working or not. Right. Um, 
nowadays, like, especially the tracking being harder, it's, uh, you know, a lot more difficult to test, but, um, you know, you, you want to be able to make decisions fast and not have to wait for too much data. You want it to be, I look more for like directional significance as opposed mm -hmm. to like statistical significance, but yeah. So like basically like, so we'll go do research, right? Like I was mentioning like what pain points are or whatever. So like great spots are just like starting at reviews. If you're a new brand, we'll go to like competitors, go to their Amazon reviews, look at the five stars and the one star. So you kind of see like what people like, why they're buying the product, go to like the, the one star, see what like people were upset with. Those would probably be concerns that other people would be uh, looking at when they were considering buying a product. Um, so those are more of like on a retargeting campaign or concept that we'd be looking to overcome those objections in like a separate test. But yeah, so like say whatever the, the pain point was that we were going to go after, kind of build some concepts, see what content we had built around that. And then, you know, kind of what we've been relying on, which we went away for, uh, right? Like kind of when iOS happened, but we've gone back to now and it's working a lot better now that they brought back the dynamic creative breakdowns on Facebook. I still think it's probably the best place to test just because it's you can get the cheapest depending on like what objectives you want to go after. But yeah, then we'll usually just use dynamic creatives, go broad, do like an interest stack. So we'll have like two ads, two different audiences. I mean, realistically, if you get something working at broad, that's going to be the most scalable uh, type of creative you have. So we'll test like three or four different versions. We'll usually segment out images or videos. So that mm -hmm. way they're, you know, the algorithm will kind of uh, favor one or the other. So we don't want that to be a variable that comes into play. And then, uh, you know, we'll do, uh, combo that three to five headlines, three to five uh, text combos. And then it, it's interesting nowadays, like you'll have to wait like the three days, yep. like without touching anything, um, regardless of if you're using That's the like, hardest tracking. Yeah, exactly. Just sit it and leave it like just, uh, and then uh, we do them with the ad set budgets there. But then, uh, you know, after the three days, like you're looking at, because we have tracking software we'll look at, but like you'll see on the third day, it'll actually over track because you'll have that like 72 hour window. So it's like all the ones they missed that you'll just see show up in ads manager. So all of a sudden you like have like a $2 CPA. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> and CRM doesn't show that. But um, so yeah, then we'll get it like the three to five days, um, you know, depending on how things are looking and then kind of analyze and just like look at it and be like, okay, these are working, try and like come up with ideas and reasons why we think that would work. And then we can kind of take that another step and go in after that. And we'll be able to, to then combo with another one, right? So take whatever, like if we mentioned, you know, usually try and stay away from like pricing or percentage discounts on like a, a prospecting creative test. But um, if there was a certain verbiage or a way that we were saying whatever that concept was, try and try other little variations, different terms to kind of like make it prove itself. And then from there, uh, whatever's been working or whatever, like within the dynamic creatives, you still have the post IDs. Yep. So that's kind of like we, we find whichever one's working there and then go in and then you click the little timestamp so you can pull the actual post study because that's where like all the learnings are, are uh, they, they exist now. So then I'll kind of pull out whatever those top ones were and then you can put those into another one. So, you know, kind of once after you've been running campaigns for a while, you have a bunch of these post studies that have been kind of proven and you'll test those against each other's because then kind of like for our control and scaling campaigns, that's where we kind of move into a CBO campaign and we'll have, we'll have whatever those post IDs are that we pulled out of those dynamic creatives. 
And then we'll be able to have potentially, you know, multiple different concepts within the same one that are working. Mm -hmm. And then just throw in a CBO with like same thing abroad and interest stack, maybe like a, a lookalike. And then same thing, you let those go three to five days, see how those are going. And then it's kind of just like a cyclical thing yeah. where you're so running through. That sort of uh, explore, exploit kind of a thing where you're going a little bit broad, seeing what's working, finding the top ones that are working, explode those uh, into a few more tests and then uh, run that uh, some more, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I, I think like to the other point that you were kind of saying about like the analytics mm -hmm. about each of those, like, so it wasn't, Facebook wasn't uh, agreeing with me yesterday trying to dive through historical metrics, but mm -hmm. um, well, a lot of it like uh, for ease of use and looking at it fast um, is just making sure you have the right columns and the right views so that like kind of like there's a couple custom metrics we'll make. So we'll do the, the, what I know a lot of people refer to as like the thumb stop metric. So we'll do the three second video views per impression, that ratio, and really kind of like the baseline I'm looking for in an ad there would be a minimum of 30%. But it's been pretty typical if we see if you're getting, excuse me, in the 40 to 50%, like that's where you'll really see campaigns being able to excuse me, take off is because you're getting a lot more people's attention and Facebook's going to reward you because they want engaging content on their platform. It's like, you know, it's the whole purpose, like whatever that documentary on Netflix, right? They want to make you all these different ways that are hacking, like our, our personalities to make us pull out these phones and always look for like, who liked me on this photo? Who's messaged me? Who's done that? So, so we'll see our CPMs drop, you know, pretty significantly once you get above that. Um, haven't really seen too many that, that have been able to get over 50%, but I mean, I've got like 49, 50, those so are good. really scalable. Yeah. So, um, so I'll set that up and then I'll look at just like the total impressions, the three second video views through plays. And then it's just kind of, we said like a waterfall where we're looking at, uh, sorry, and then uh, average watch time. And, and all then of I'll this you're the, saying is happening on Facebook, uh, the, the Facebook ad manager itself, or are you then downloading it yeah. and doing it inside an Excel or data studio, any of those? Uh, we I do have a data studio report set up that did this, but I just look as many times as I try to go off of Facebook, I'm still pretty set on just having the views there because there's so many accounts we manage. It's a lot faster to just uh, have tabs there. You never want to see the tabs. Yeah, you can do it in your sleep. I, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And then we just set like 25%, 50, 75, 95, 100%. So you can kind of see where the fall off. So when we're trying to analyze why a creative maybe works, it's the same thing with like landing pages, right? Like you could have the best landing page ever, but if you had a really bad, headline or a really bad hero That's image it. at the top and everybody just leaves right away. Right. And, um, so, so you kind of want to look at where the drop off is to say like, okay, like everyone's leaving right here, but that's like, you know, the, the best part of this ad or the creatives like six, seven seconds in, but everyone's leaving at three seconds. Right. It's like, okay, what can we test in that part and, and change to kind of keep it, keep them on the, the video a little bit longer. Um, obviously the images don't really have that. That's just a click through rate. Right? We'll look at there. But yeah, it's kind of like the ADA. And since you're talking about uh, being used to the Facebook ad manager and managing so many accounts, but at the same time, you said you're also running these ads on other platforms, including a TikTok. So that was a debate we were having internally. And uh, we are not sure where, uh, you know, different folks, uh, how, how they think about it, where they land on this, which was, would you like to do any cross-platform analytics to say that the same creative and uh, similar sort of decisions that you've made across platforms, how do they work? Is that even relevant or are the creatives totally different across platforms? So this is moot. There, I think there, 
I think there would be value in that. I don't think it would like, I think you would have to have, if you wanted to run a test like that and, and have analytics on that, you would need to compare it. Like for instance, like snap reels and TikTok. like those would be similar, maybe even like stories kind of with a, a snap. So like comparing how they're similar, but uh, like, I know, especially with like TikTok. The type of content there is like kind of what Reels aspires to be. Mm -hmm. um, so TikTok's a lot more like working with creators. You can't really like our first person like point of view type unboxing. It's not as um, as produced. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think some of that has been what's historically worked like on Instagram and Facebook a little bit. Definitely in like stories placements or Reels now. Like they they finally rolled out those, but. But yeah, like I, I think that would be valuable if you were able to segment out just those placements and how they performed. Um, but like would the algorithms the and like the cause. Would the creators mm -hmm. even be similar across all these platforms? Because you said TikTok has to be a little more authentic and a, a first person showing something. Whereas on Facebook, it could be more slick, almost like a TV ad that you might uh, have to make, right? So is there, do you, do you have creators that are similar across platforms? Yeah, I mean, they've done, I forget what the, the tool is they use where like you'll take your TikTok and then you'll just export it and then remove the watermark or whatever. And then I know like a lot of people use those as their ads that they'll run on Facebook and like they do okay. Like I don't think they're as effective as um, as the TikToks. I think more like on organic content and stuff like that would probably perform a little bit better. We haven't, we don't do too much with like organic. We pay to get our uh, creatives in front of everybody, but um but yeah, like, I think it's just like specific for TikTok. It's a different type of a creative that works. Yeah. Um, so between I, I mean, Snap I think and it would Facebook? be. Say what? Between Snap and Facebook, would it be similar uh, in your experience? Yeah, I think those would probably be more similar. What's worked um, between the two. It's still slightly different. So I don't think it's, it's quite as, I, I don't think it's quite as like applicable to, to those. I think like, if you had other like data points that you would compare, maybe aside from just the platform and had like a way of tagging externally, like, oh, this is UGC, this is, uh, you know, an unboxing, this is a testimonial, uh, this is a review. Like if you had those types and then you could pull those learnings from all the platforms. Um, and how do you do that like right a now? dream of mine. Oh, it's a dream. Uh, it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's more just like uh, keeping track of it in your head and just kind of like, like, I mean, we do track a little bit, like it's more like spreadsheets and looking at like copy and whatnot um, and just kind of like sifting through reports pretty, it's a pretty manual process yeah. and time consuming. So it's kind of like one of those things with, whenever you have downtime, there's always stuff you could do to help optimize campaigns. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things that falls into that category. Yeah. And so uh, John, one of the narratives that uh, we keep hearing, and obviously it's very self-serving, uh, you know, for us to say something like that, given what we do. But um, there are statistics, you know, you, you can play around with the numbers, but 40, 50, 60, 70% of the campaign's performance can be attributed to a creative. And when you say that you, you don't, uh, I mean, at least you experiment on the creative, but a lot of folks don't really even experiment with the creative. For them, creative is a black box. Hey, the design team just gives me something, I'm going to put it. My role as a performance person is to do the targeting and the bids and the optimization and creative is what it is. But you clearly care a lot about uh, creative, but is this something that's your interest and your uh, passion? Is that why, or have you actually seen performance uh, being attributed to creative and 
that statistic kind of ringing true with you? Yeah, I, I think it's like a big pain point, right? Is that creative feedback loop because it's like always one-offs, right? Like, oh, you guys gave us this creative, it didn't convert, like give us another one, right? There's not like that that feedback loop of why or how to optimize kind of back to that landing page, like analogy with the headline or the copyright, like on an ad, if it's just a really bad intro or Facebook picked, if you didn't do a custom thumbnail, like write the wrong thumbnail yeah. um, could have been the issue. Um, I think there's a lot of wasted money that's happening because of that. Um, and I make a lot of creatives, like uh, that's kind of like how I came up. Uh, initially, it was like getting uh, familiar with like Photoshop and Premiere and After Effects and stuff like that. So I appreciate it a little bit more probably than than some other media buyers maybe that you know haven't made their own creatives ever. I think it's always a good thing to be able to go through that process so you know. But yeah, like the the, the creatives the most important thing. So like, however you can increase your learnings and you know make them more efficient and actionable i think it's the best like it's like probably one of the most important things that uh you know companies um in terms of like an asset or a, a system um where the value would be absolutely and uh, you know since you're talking about the importance of creative the other thing that uh, at least as a, a narrative that you keep hearing is that between Facebook, Google, you know, Snap, TikTok, all of these platforms, their algorithms are getting better and better when it comes to showing the right things to people. So in some ways, what they are trying to do is taking away the uh, need for having this deep expertise in targeting and those kinds of things. And these algorithms just figure out the right uh, things to show to different people. And obviously there is skill and talent involved in doing the right level of targeting and you know, not wasting money and those kinds of things. But Creative seems to be like the last thing that uh, you can control, which Facebook won't give you the creative, right? You still have to make the yeah. creative. A lot of other things, Facebook and the other platforms can optimize. Do you think that's true or there is still a lot of juice that can be extracted uh, outside of creative? Um, I, I mean, like, yeah, like definitely interest targeting, like we've seen it, right? I think there's been like two waves now that we've just, they've wiped out like thousands and thousands of interest. Um, and sorry, I always talk Facebook, but that's where I live more so. But um, you're getting more interest in like hashtags and stuff on TikTok and the newer platforms. So they're going in the right direction. Facebook's going the wrong one. Um, but yeah, like even like with the, uh, I've had a few um, meetings with like the creative department at Facebook and they've given us, you know, some of their decks gone through their best practices and stuff. But it's just like the way the algorithm works is actually designed for you not to be like hyper segmenting um, your audiences because like the algorithm with machine learning, like the way it's most effective is you feed it more data um, faster. Like that's its food. That's its air uh, that it needs to like survive. Right. So like the more data you can give it, the better. So if you're the, the more restrictions you put on the algorithm, like the more expensive your CPMs are going to be, but it's like, it makes it harder for you're restricting the machine learning from being able to go out and try and find those buyers based on your creatives. So um, like, you know, they, they have one presentation where they're talking about like, so if someone's buying like a certain soda or brand of soda, right? So they like show it like kind of like a, like narrow vision and it goes out wider. It's like, okay, so this person buys because it's an all natural soda. This person bought it because it's root beer flavor. This person bought it because it's low carbonation or uh, sugar-free, right? So there's like all these different reasons that the people will buy. They've already kind of identified those people as a potential buyer. But if you're only narrowing it to here, A, you're going to get less conversions, but B, like you don't get all the data from them missing all the other people that necessarily are going to buy for these other reasons. Um, 
So like creative is the main thing that does the targeting for you, basically, like whatever you're calling out, like, you know, Facebook learns really fast. If you look at and TikTok's even faster. I, don't, I haven't seen the metrics there, but, um, you know, they give you after you have 500 impressions mm -hmm. is where Facebook starts giving you that quality and feedback scores. Yep. So like they, they're basing their, uh, you know, significant statistically significant data to come back to you telling you feedback on your creative within 500 impressions. Like, you know, depending on how many, you know, your three second video views that you get, if it was a video, right? Like that could only be a hundred, 150 people that saw your ad. And, uh, yep. you know, they're, you're already getting, you know, either good or bad re reviews right there from the, the algorithm. Yeah. So, uh, in everything that you said, there are so many things to take away, but what is very clear is that, uh, given your experience of having been hands-on with creative and also doing enough of these experiments, you've seen creative experiments, iterations, being more agile on that, focusing on creatives, uh, uh, at uh, the analytics level, and then using that to optimize, even though there are some hopes and dreams involved over there, even though there is some optimization of the process that could be done, but still for you, that plays a very important role and that's not going to change in the future. That's really what uh, the biggest takeaway for the audience should be today. Yeah, I've seen someone with crush a new creative that came out, did millions of dollars within a week. So uh, zero to hero real quick if you get the right uh, creative for sure. Right. So, so that's what everyone aspires to be, to do. And uh, thanks to you, they have a lot more uh, confidence to approach that strategy. John, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights uh, candidly and uh, talking about uh, everything that you do at DFO Global. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spilling the Magic Beans. Week after week, we take you through case studies of the most successful marketing campaigns on the planet and give you tangible frameworks as well as anecdotal experiences that act as valuable lessons. If you enjoyed this episode and want more exclusive behind the scenes looks into the top marketing teams in the world, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform.